bit. And it was for good reason. It was more than just the food and for the gift giving. Thanksgiving and Christmas represented family time. Family time. A time or a change from our busy schedules. It was time to slow down a little and enjoy the time at home with my parents and my brother as we hunkered down for the holiday season. And now as I got a little bit older, this took on a slightly different spin with marriage and children and visiting relatives, whether it was us going to the relative's house or them coming over to our house. But it was still all about anticipating the end of the year and getting ready to celebrate the coming of the new year. And then something happens to our normalcy. In the last couple of years, we were altered by the pandemic. Thanksgiving was not supposed to be a big get-together for our families, and neither was Christmas. Just about all of us stayed home. It became more complicated as people got sick and were quarantined. And under the worst of circumstances, we are all too familiar with spending time with loved ones for one moment, and in the next moment, they are no longer here. Each of us has had moments like this where our worst fears became evident. And there is a long adjustment process that we must go through during these moments of transition. We already know that the special days with loved ones who move on from us will be marked all over the calendar from now on. Birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever those days are. And there are going to be moments where we will experience emotional speed bumps. Life has a series of transitions, and these, cha- these are challenges that do lead to new beginnings. New beginnings. Your new beginning involves the aspect of change. There's a change. The change can be gradual and anticipated, or very sudden and unexpected. In either case, your experience is still a new beginning. This message is about developing your ability to deal with the many changes that you will experience throughout your lifetime. And we go through changes all the time. Amen? Amen. With the recognition that not everyone handles change in the same way, or even very well for that matter, there are valuable lessons that are embedded within these experiences. It's up to each of us to recognize them. This does not mean that you will not have moments where you will scuffle emotionally because you're going to scuffle emotionally. And frankly, you're going to scuffle with Jesus. Because if you have a relationship with him, you will definitely be involved in a number of deep dive discussions with him. After asking why and the how come questions, your challenge is to allow God to comfort you as you navigate through the change. Allow God to comfort you while you're asking those questions. 
while you're wondering what's going on, He's there to comfort you. He desires to have a deeper relationship with each one of us. And that is under all circumstances. All circumstances. Not just in good moments, but also in those tough moments. Including the moments where we are grieving. Change leads to a new beginning, a new phase of life, a new place in your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to do my best here to present information to support facts that the more you rely upon God's perspective through these changes, the more that you're going to feel his supernatural presence in the midst of the change. And the extraordinary ability to successfully navigate through these changes with the guidance, strength, and support of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So what does this mean for those of us who have a difficult time with change? It's one thing to be completely surprised and caught off guard with a situation. And it's another to see it coming but our responses can be strikingly similar in both instances. Whether you know something is coming or not, we are to draw upon the peace and comfort of Almighty God as we meet these challenges. I'm going to cover four fundamental points about change. Two of them are obvious to each of us, while the last two are dependent upon the response of the individual. Now, before exploring these, let's consider Solomon's words. Change is rooted within the passage of time. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And we're going to take a look at verses 1 through 8. And as I read this passage, and as you follow along in your Bible version, I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, I want you to look at these verses very carefully. It's obviously written, pardon me, as poetry. And it's written in such a way where there clearly are opposites being mentioned. But I want you to take those verses and really just look at them and get into some thought about what they represent. If you look at these verses for what they really are, they represent your life. Your life. Verse 1, Ecclesiastes 3. There is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to throw stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to avoid embracing, a time to search, and a time to count as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear 
and a time to sow. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Here are the fundamentals about change. You're welcome to write these down. Number one, change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. Number two, change is necessary. Change is necessary. Number three, change is perspective driven. Change is perspective driven. Number four, change is an opportunity. Change is an opportunity. Let's look at the first one. Change is inevitable. Without change, nothing else happens. It's kind of logical, isn't it? Without change, nothing else happens. From the time of God's creation of the world, through the passage of time, to the world that we live in and see today, the world has certainly changed. We know that. We understand that. And God is the one who orchestrated the beginning. Psalm 102.25 says, Long ago you established the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. That's because God is the author and orchestrator of all change. He's the author. He's the orchestrator of all change. Turn to James chapter 1. Let's look at James 1 verse 17. James 1, verse 17. James 1, 17. <clears throat> this is the English Standard Version. Now, we need to look at this for what it really is. It says, every generous act and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now what you need to see here is that even though this world changes, your God who you serve never changes. He's always the same. And that's very important for us when it comes to our faith. If we were serving a God that changed just like the world changes, we would have a serious problem. So we need to understand that even though the world is changing and God is the author and orchestrator of all this change, He never changes. He's the same as He's always been. And that's really important if you think about that. From your own perspective, you have changed physically from the time when you were born and through your stages of childhood into adulthood. You've acquired knowledge as a preschooler throughout kindergarten, elementary school, high school, and through your job or profession. All of this involved change. Even most importantly, all these changes had to occur to make you into the person you are today. 
Amen? You are the person who you are because of all the things that you've lived through throughout your entire life. Now, that can be taken a lot of different ways because if you had a negative experience in life, sometimes that has a negative impact on your attitude, who you are as a person too. Now, the next verse, though, that I'm going to give to you is going to show wisdom and value where you need to continue to seek knowledge. Seek wisdom from the Lord Jesus Christ. This verse is going to speak for itself. Go to Proverbs 18, 15. Proverbs 18, 15. Proverbs 18, 15 says, An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. We should always be a people no matter what we're going through or what we're doing, asking the Lord for wisdom, asking the Lord for knowledge. Hey, we're probably asking him for comfort too, amen, when we're going through a hard time, but we're still always seeking wisdom and knowledge. He wants us to continue to grow. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit sanctifies us and continues to talk to us and teach us and gives us the desire to seek after his wisdom and knowledge. That's how we grow in the midst of change. The next point, change is necessary. It's necessary. When you are young, you will need to grow in knowledge and learn about life in order to survive and function well. What's the purpose of teaching our children the proper way to go. The purpose is you want them to go the proper way so that they learn something and something comes to mind. What does it say in the scripture? Train the child in the way they should go. And when they get older, they won't depart from it. Well, that's part of change. You're teaching them wisdom and knowledge. And we are to do the same thing for ourselves as well too. Many achievements over time are based upon performance. Those of you who are still working, you understand you go to a job every year and there's an annual review based upon how well you did for work that year. Performance. And you are going to be judged according to your performance for that previous year. It requires focus and effort in the short term and the long term to be effective in performance. And of course, that performance also relates to your life, what you're doing outside of work. Note the biblical truths that convey this message, especially when it comes to your growth as a believer in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 13.11 says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Now, sadly, we know a bunch of grown folks who act like children and are immature. Immature in life, immature in understanding, immature in faith. You know, where do you think the term of long-suffering fools comes from? Lord have mercy, amen? We need maturity. We need people with wisdom. 
We need people with knowledge, especially those making important decisions for our lives. Amen? Amen. Growing up is a requirement if you plan to be successful. Growing up. And growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ is absolutely necessary in your spiritual growth. What does it say about a person who doesn't want to grow up? You want to run away from life? You can't hack it? You can't deal with it? Well, change is going to keep happening whether you're in that or not. You might as well grow up. When change occurs, your growth and your maturity are going to equip you with the ability to trust and rely upon the Holy Spirit with confidence, and especially when change occurs. It's all about your relationship with Jesus. You see that? He's going to help you to mature. He's going to help you in those moments when you need to put on your big boy pants and your big girl pants. He will help you with that. He will give you what you need to succeed. Amen? Don't get too quiet on me now. But even us as believers, sometimes we have to do what? Put on, put on our big boy pants. Put on our big girl pants. And keep moving. Change does lead to a new beginning, but it can be more often than not very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. The new beginning may indeed be uncomfortable and put you in a place of unfamiliarity. No one wants to be in a place where things aren't familiar. The unfamiliarity of a situation can lead to discomfort, of course. When we are used to being in places of comfort and familiarity... Change can be very difficult, and when you couple it with loss and grief, it can be extremely difficult. The way to address this is to meet Jesus in this situation. Meet Jesus. Now, let me tell you something. He's already there. Sometimes you have to go and find him and meet with him. Almost like you're having a meeting with somebody face-to-face or one-on-one. Meet with Jesus. If you call on him, he's going to meet you where you are. Amen? Ask him to provide you with all of the comfort care. Comfort care, that's a great word. Comfort care is a word that we hear sometimes when it comes to um, being involved with... uh, Uh, long-term care, like from a medical standpoint. Comfort care. Well, Jesus is there to give you comfort care. He does that for you. He's going to help you with a new beginning as you seek Him in prayer for direction, for peace in our discomfort. Peace. Do you pray for peace? Peace is really important. Jesus says, My peace I give to you. I don't give it to you as the world gives it to you. It's his kind of peace that you're praying for. Peace in your discomfort. And most importantly, trusting him in the results through faith. It's one thing to pray. It's another thing to trust that he indeed is responding. 
And that's when your faith is in action. Trusting in the results through faith. Amen? Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust Him in the moments of your weakness. Trust in Him. Allow Him to heal you spiritually as you scuffle. Now, I want to make sure that you understand that these words of truth about Jesus are in spite of the fact that many of us may be grieving, many of us may be mourning someone, but it doesn't change the truth. It's still the experience of God's peace in a difficult time that helps bring you through these situations and brings you to a new beginning. Thomas Fuller, a theologian from England, who lived in the 1600s, said, It's always darkest just before the day dawneth. Amen? It's always darkest just before the day dawneth. And we recognize that. And we understand it. But in Psalm 23, we remember how you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And you're to fear no evil because God's present. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your new beginning after change relies upon faith in Jesus Christ and reliance upon his daily presence. Turn to Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. Faith has to be in full force in moments where you just don't, don't understand what else is going on. You can't see what's happening, but you know that by having faith in Jesus Christ, he helps you to move forward. And this is the beginning of the section in Hebrews 11 where we talk about the Hall of Famers of Faith uh, before we have the different names mentioned in Scripture. Verse 1 of Hebrews 11. This is from the Christian Standard Bible Version. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Remember, you can't see the future. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. But faith carries you through and helps you to leave that matter directly with Jesus. Why do you think the scripture says, Don't worry about tomorrow. Today is sufficient for you to be concerned about. He doesn't want you worrying about tomorrow. He already knows what's going to happen tomorrow, but you don't need to be concerned about that. Faith is what carries you through. Verse 2 in Hebrews 11, For by this our ancestors were approved. Let's take a look at another passage. Romans 4. Go to Romans 4, please. Romans 4, verses 20 through 24. Of all people that we're going to look at here, Abraham certainly had no idea what God was going to do in his life. But yet, it was his faith that carried him through moment by moment. And I want you to see this here as how it's presented here in in Romans 4, verses 20 through 24. Verse 20, He, being Abraham, did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, 
but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Abraham said, you know what, God? What you say, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to trust in it. I'm going to follow it. That's good enough for me. That's where we need to be. Verse 21, because he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. Therefore, it was credited to him for righteousness. Verse 23, now it was credited to him was not written for Abraham alone. Look at this carefully, please. But also for us. It will be credited to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. Do you see how you can be just like Abraham? Where if you just have faith and believe in the Lord, it makes you righteous before him. Philippians 4 verses 6 through 8 says, Do not be anxious about anything. Now, you will feel anxiety. You will feel stress. You will feel pain. You will feel discomfort. And that's all ages, everybody. Children, adults, doesn't matter. Especially in the time that we're living in. But look at it again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Don't hold back. Tell God you're feeling anxious. Tell God you're feeling nervous about what's going on. Lord, bring me peace in this situation. And that's exactly what verse 7 says. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Turn your focus to those things that are right and true and pure and lovely. When you're grieving, think about the good times. The good moments of life that you've had with that person who's lost now, who's gone. The good times. Focus on those things. Think about such things. God doesn't want you to stay in a place of anxiousness. He wants you to move to a place where you experience his peace. His love for you. He knows you're hurting. He knows what you're going through. Philippians 4.19. You can turn to that. Philippians One thing we have to always remind ourselves is that God will not hold back anything from us if we ask for it. If we ask for it in faith, if we ask for it according to his will, 
He will not hold back anything. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all your needs. All your needs. All of your needs. Amen? All of your needs. According to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You know why? Because all the Lord wants you to do is just believe in him. And he will show you and affirm you when it comes time. I'll show you. We have to live by faith and not by sight, how things look, how things appear to be. We must live by faith. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Live by faith and not by sight. Do you believe that God is protecting you? Do you believe that God loves you and cares for you? Don't go by outward appearances of stuff. Don't go by what folks in the world are doing, acting crazy, acting foolish, acting stupid. That has nothing to do with you. You and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ must keep getting stronger. Whether good times, whether there are good times or not. Now let's take a look at where change, whether it is positive or negative, is all about your perspective. Your perspective. The new beginning that comes with change is inevitable, but how you process the change sets an important tone as you move forward in life. Sets a tone. If you're unable to reconcile with the reality of change and its inevitability, you're going to get stuck in a moment without seeing the blessings that occur during and after this change. Don't get stuck and miss out on blessings. Do you know that God is blessing you throughout all these times that we go through? Amen? Sometimes he's blessing us by holding stuff back from us so we can't see it. Amen? Believe it. He knows what you can handle. He knows what you can deal with. And sometimes he spares us from seeing those things that would really hurt us deeply. I can't stress enough that in moments where change is taking place and there is movement from one situation or circumstance to the next... Sometimes things move very quickly. Sometimes things happen. Next day, next day, next day. The believer in Jesus Christ must, in those instances, continually seek God in the process beyond the mere change to receive the full effects and the benefits of God's presence in the midst of the development. In other words, Jesus goes with you all day long. And the next day, he goes with you all day long. That's the summary of what I just said. Keep him with you, no matter what's going on. Ask God to show you in the midst of change what he wants you to see in it, instead of focusing only on your own perspective. Rather than looking at it from your viewpoint, let's try to look at it from God's viewpoint. What does he want you to see? Turn, please, to Psalm 145. Let's look at that. Psalm 145, verses 18 and 19. 
Psalm 145, 18 and 19. Now, these verses are great verses of reinforcement. Psalm 145, verses 18 and 19. Verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. And we all know Romans 8.28. We don't have to turn to that. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Now, understanding this word good in Romans 8.28 requires us, frankly, to go to the place that the good reference there doesn't mean enjoyable. Amen? It's not about enjoyable or anything like that. It's more about a meaning of contentment or the ultimate good as you draw near to Jesus. Stay close and remain in him. So the ultimate good, like what is good about what's happening here? Well, you don't understand the meaning of good. Ultimate good, being content in where you are in Jesus. That's what Romans 8.28 is talking about. So the context here is very important. Amen? Our responsibility in the change we experience is to remain loyal and faithful to God. He will make known his presence in all things. So let's recap a little bit. We acknowledge that change is inevitable. Change is necessary. And it's perspective driven. Now let's explore the opportunity that is in the midst of change. Opportunity. Sometimes we use the word, well, we have an opportunity in front of us. And it appears to be something that's negative. I'm not making light of that because there is opportunity in change. With change and a new beginning, the opportunity presents itself to see things from, now listen carefully, a new perspective that you would not have observed without the change. A new perspective that you would not realize without the change. And this includes how you see others and how they see you as a part of the change that you're experiencing. So it's not just you, but it's even the group of people around you that are going through the change. And they're going to see things differently. They may see you differently. You may see them differently. Sometimes you find out about who your friends really are when things aren't going so well. And that's a hard truth. But that's a real truth. Because we've seen it. We know who our friends are. And we know who disappointed us. And you need to see those things, though. You need to understand that. So that you're not living a life of illusion. You want reality sometimes. In Acts chapter 8, Philip listened to the direction and spirit of the Spirit and spoke to the Ethiopian about the scriptures he was reading as to their meaning. And he was able to use the opportunity of that moment to lead the Ethiopian to Jesus Christ. 
Turn real quick to Acts chapter 8, verse 29. We're not going to cover that whole section. We're just going to look at some specific verses there. But I want you to focus on these encounters with the Spirit. The Spirit. Pay attention to this. Acts chapter 8, verse 29. This is the uh, Christian Standard Bible version. The Spirit told Philip, Go and join that chariot. That's just one verse. Spirit told Philip, go and join that chariot. Remember, he's going to a total stranger. Amen? Okay. Now drop down to verse 35. Verse 35 through 39. We're going to read through that real quick. Philip proceeded to tell him the good news about Jesus, beginning with that scripture. As they were traveling down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, there is water. What would keep me from being baptized? Now go to verse 38. So he ordered the chariot to stop, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized them. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him any longer, but went on his way rejoicing. Now some of your manuscripts are going to have a verse 37, and some are just going to pull it right out. But ultimately, don't worry about that. That's not the important part here. The key points here are not just the conversion, but how Philip was listening to the Spirit. Listening to the Spirit. And his availability to follow the Spirit's direction. Don't miss the importance of hearing the Spirit speak to you during change. It's really important. It may not necessarily lead to converting someone else to Christ, but it does mean that God will show you how to be a better person. A better person. Who doesn't want to be a better person? Who doesn't want to be a person who's faithful to God before others? That's what listening to the Spirit will do. Your words of encouragement and affirmation as you interact with others, even in moments of difficulty, will be well received because that person that you talk to will see the love of God in your heart. You can't beat that with a stick. Amen? That's the impression that you want to make. You want to be able to lay the groundwork for opportunities to witness and testify about Jesus short-term and long-term. This time will pass. But your testimony will live on as you move forward with others. Change is constant and inevitable. And it can be good or not very good for the person who's going through it. However, it is not to be feared or dreaded. It still leads to a new beginning. A new beginning. And you can do it. You can get through it. As the Lord remains present in your life, you're to move forward in your new beginning after change with confidence about what His goodness, His peace, and His grace. A new beginning after change awaits you. Live in the moment as you go through it in his loving presence.
he will take care of you. Amen. Father, thank you for your teaching. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for how you just love us. We cannot conceive of how much love you have for us. But we thank you that it's there. And we thank you that you indeed show us your love by giving us comfort and helping us through those moments of difficulty. Lord, we want to be less anxious and more faithful and obedient to your word. Help us to do both of those things and more. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for helping us through those moments of grief. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for giving us the mindset to stay prayerful with you and hang with you all day long. Lord, we love your goodness. We thank you for all that you're doing for us in our lives today. We give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. adore him kneel down before him worship and adore him come come let us adore him kneel down before him Worship and adore Him. Come, come let us adore Him. Kneel down before Him. Worship and adore Him. Come, yes. Come, let us adore Him. Kneel down before Him. Worship and adore Him. Everybody sing that with me. Come on, come on. I said, come. Come on. Come let us adore him. Kneel down before him. Worship and adore him. Sing it again, please. Come. Come let us adore him. Kneel down before Him, worship and adore Him, Emmanuel. Yes, Emmanuel. Emmanuel.
Emmanuel. We worship. We worship you. We worship you. Being here with us today, we want to get now, of course, uh, say hello to everyone and extend greetings, but we want to get out of here. (laughs) Um, As a reminder, we are going to continue the online presence of our church on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. So if you can't make it to church, you're going to see a Sunday school and you're going to see a sermon every Sunday uh, online there. So we're going to keep that up for as long as we have to, frankly, just to make sure that Everyone gets a complete church experience, and we have reached people outside of our church through our online presence, and we're very happy to see them every week, uh, but we just want you to keep praying for our church. We, we've got a lot of stuff to pray for. Just keep that in prayer all day long, and God bless you all, and take care of yourselves. So let's... Before we say that, the tax forms that I normally print up, I know Roger needs his. James sounds like he needs his. I need to know who wants them because I don't want to print them up and have them and no one gets them from me. I've done that for the past couple years and it takes a little bit of time to do that. I was talking to Pastor and was talking to Roger. If you want it, please let me know and I will print them up for you. I will make sure that you get yours. But if you don't tell me you want one, I'm not printing one. I'm not trying to be mean, but my time is valuable, and I don't want to sit and and do all that work, and nobody wants them. So if you want one, please let me know, and I will make sure that you get it. Yes, ma'am. If you could, please. If you give me that, I will make sure that you get one. I will have it. Everything's ready to go. All I got to do is print it out. I just need to know that you want it. If you want it, get with Pearl and give her your name, and she'll get it to me, and I will make sure that everybody gets theirs. Okay. I will have them ready for you next week. Okie doke. All right. So just let me know. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we just...